chapter twelve of angels of the battlefield this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. angels of the battlefield by george barton new orleans on the twenty fifth of april eighteen sixty two a fleet under the famous admiral farragut together with a land force under general benjamin f butler captured the city of new orleans butler assumed charge of the commercial metropolis of the southwest as it was then called while the gunboats proceeded up the mississippi river subjugating other cities and towns along its banks one of these was donaldsonville in shelling this place admiral farragut injured some of the property under the charge of the sisters of charity the superior entered a complaint with general butler and in return received the following chivalrous letter headquarters department of the gulf new orleans louisiana september two eighteen sixty two santa maria clara superior and sister of charity madam i had no information until the reception of your note that so sad a result to the sisters of your community had happened from the bombardment of donaldsonville i am very very sorry that rear admiral farragut was unaware that he was injuring your establishment by his shells any injury must have been entirely accidental the destruction of that town became a necessity the inhabitants harbored a gang of cowardly guerrillas who committed every atrocity amongst others that of firing upon an unarmed boat crowded with women and children going up the coast returning to their homes many of them having been at school in new orleans it is impossible to allow such acts and i am only sorry that the righteous punishment meted out to them in this instance as indeed in all others fell quite as heavily upon the innocent and unoffending as upon the guilty no one can appreciate more fully than myself the holy self-sacrificing labors of the sisters of charity to them old soldiers are daily indebted for the kindest offices sisters to all mankind they know no nation no kindred neither war nor peace their all-pervading charity is like the boundless love of him who died for all whose servants they are and whose pure teachings their love illustrates i repeat my grief that any harm should have befallen your society of sisters and will cheerfully repair it so far as i may in the manner you suggest by filling the order you have sent to the city for provisions and medicines your sisters in the city will also further testify to you that my officers and soldiers have never failed to do to them all in our power to aid them in their usefulness and to lighten the burden of their labors with sentiments of the highest respect believe me your friend benjamin f butler some time after this general blanchard who was in command of the military in monroe louisiana made a request for sisters to care for the sick and wounded under his charge a deputation of sisters was at once sent from st mary's asylum in natchez the sisters were obliged to leave in the night in consequence of a dispatch announcing the approach of the federal gunboat essex which might have prevented their departure had they remained until the next day 
hence they were compelled to cross the mississippi river shortly before the midnight hour the good bishop of natchez now most reverend w h elder archbishop of cincinnati alarmed for their safety determined to accompany them to the post to which they were destined and he did so the pastor of the church at monroe was also one of the party the sisters and their friends crossed the river in a skiff and reaching the other side found an ambulance awaiting them they travelled the remainder of that night and the following two days over a very rough and dangerous road general blanchard had a matron and nurses employed in the hospital he dismissed these and arranged with the sisters to take charge the day after their arrival sister e had in her ward a convalescent patient who deeming himself of more consequence than the others was somewhat piqued at her for not showing him special attention the sister kept him in his place and treated him precisely as she did the others one day she went as usual to administer the medicines and as she was passing the ward in which he was located she heard him utter most terrible oaths she passed on quietly but on her return showed her displeasure at his disorderly conduct he made every apology for his misbehavior the sister proceeded on her way having a bottle in each hand at a very short distance from where the man was standing she stopped to say a few words to another patient she happened to look back and noticed the convalescent man put his hand in his coat pocket and at the same instant the crack of a pistol shot was heard the ball passed through the front of the sister's cornet within an inch or two of her forehead the poor man with whom the sister had been talking thought he was wounded again jumped up and clapped his hands on his old wound as if to assure himself of its escape from harm the sister pale but with perfect presence of mind still held her bottles and made her way through the cloud of smoke and the crowd that had gathered at the report of the pistol the man was arrested and would have been dealt with in a summary manner but at the request of the sister he was released he claimed that it was an accident it was afterwards discovered that he was a gambler and had loaded the pistol to shoot an enrollment officer in town in the meantime things were reaching a crisis in the city of natchez one morning the sound of a shell bursting over the town filled the people with consternation the scene that followed is beyond description women and children rushed through the streets screaming with terror the asylum was thronged by persons of every description who begged to be admitted within its walls one of the sisters speaking of this says i can never forget the anguish i felt at the sight of mothers with infants in their arms begging us to preserve the lives of their little ones without a thought about their own safety at the sound of the first shell our good bishop hastened to the asylum to assist us in placing the children out of danger of the shells the bishop was surrounded as soon as he appeared and nothing could be heard but cries of oh father hear my confession and bishop baptize me do not let us be killed without baptism the bishop kindly went into the confessional but soon perceived that he would be detained there too long therefore he requested the sisters to assemble all in the chapel and he would give a general absolution as the danger was so imminent immediately their cries and sobs were suppressed the bishop after a few touching words 
bade us remember that no shell could harm the least one among us without the divine permission he then gave a general absolution to all present shells passed over the building in rapid succession while the sisters were kneeling in the chapel some of the bombs fell in the adjoining yard yet not one of those in the asylum was injured within the silence of death reigned no sound was heard but the fervent aspirations of the bishop and the suppressed sobs of the smaller children giving the final blessing the bishop said tell the sisters to take the children away as soon as possible when all were in readiness each of the orphans with a bundle of clothing passed out of the asylum with the thought that they were never again to enter its loved walls five of the sisters accompanied them and the others with two sick children followed in a market wagon the only vehicle that could be procured while the sisters were placing the small children in the wagon a shell passed over the horse's head so near as to frighten and cause the animal to jump but it fell some distance away without exploding the poor children had to go five miles without resting so great was the danger after remaining some weeks in the country the authorities compromised and the gunboat left the city without doing any further damages the bishop announced the forty hours devotion and thanksgiving good work was done in the charity hospital new orleans the sisters of charity had charge of this hospital and attended many hundreds of the sick and wounded on both sides it was the same with the marine hospital of new orleans the first act of one of the sisters on entering a ward in this hospital was to grasp a cup of water from a nurse and baptize a dying soldier one sister relates how she endeavored for a long time to get a cot for a very sick patient who lay on the floor reclining on his carpet bag she finally succeeded and then persuaded a convalescent soldier to convey the sick man to the cot the patient was unwilling to go without his carpet bag and his boots fearing they would be stolen if he left them he kept a watchful eye on them all the time and the sister understanding the reluctant movements of the patient took up the carpet bag in one hand and the boots in the other and followed the poor man was very much struck with the humility and charity of the sister and said the soldiers wonder how the sisters can work so hard without pay the sister replied our pay is in a coin more precious than gold it is laid up in a country more desirable than any that exists on this earth End of chapter 12